All right, here we go. Necessary conversations with Pastor Dorian. What up, dope? Justin, what's happening, man? My man, once again, what's up? Oh, nothing much, man. It's been a little while since we uh, sat down and talked. Good to see you, man. Yeah, always, always. I know you uh, had to miss you when you're traveling. You know, yes, your travels and my travels can conflict this. This travel a little bit special this time. Yes, yeah. Most recently, congratulations or. Yes, you know, thank you. I was uh, happy, cele- yeah, you know? celebrating 11 years of marriage, um, anniversary with the wife. So, hey, um, I actually went to Chicago for work and just had her come meet me out there. We stayed an extra few days to yeah. to hang out and just be married for a little while. That's so it was a good, good time. Man. That's good. That's nice. All right. Well, hey, folks, uh, once again, we back in here. And uh, thanks for coming in and listening and liking and sharing. Uh, it seemed like as soon as I mentioned that to you guys, you were like feeling that. And like it's been a, like a little bit of a nice uptick. So thanks to all the listeners to share with their friends and family members. Let them know what we're doing. It's hoping it grow. Keep it up, please. Uh, user questions have come in. Like I said, uh, if you want to send some extra ones, go ahead. But we've got a nice batch to peel from and come up with the actual episode on that. So what I'm going to be asking for you guys is a little bit different as far as this front goes. I would like for you guys to send in hotspot, whatever. Talk to us. Find us. Let us know what episode is it that you've listened to and liked so much that we got to do a follow-up to it. Hmm. Like, I need a part two to this yeah. or a part three to that because some episodes we did follow-ups to and they felt like a series. What did we? What do we need to give you some more of? So we're going to put that out there for you guys to put on social media, uh, private messaging, you know, grabbing me or Pastor Dorian in the hallway and just let us know what conversation needs to be had again. All right. Indeed. So this episode is going to be a little bit different of a feel than maybe the typical conversations with Pastor Dorian. Uh, this will be more so of uh, the other way we're going to call this podcast, Pastor Dorian's take. You know, <laughs> so what's really going on, though? Because I'm going to ask you about some hot topics that have been popping off over the last couple of weeks with all the different things going on. And it'll be a little bit more of me just trying to put you on a hot spot. Okay. See what you think. And uh, we'll see how it goes. All so right. bear with us, folks. It should be a little bit of fun here and really get to know Pastor Dorian. Some of these things uh, could get a little deep, and some of these things we're just going to have some fun. So sit back, buckle up, and uh, here we go. First and foremost, maybe one of the biggest ones that touches both sides of the spectrum is the Kirk Franklin drama. Okay. And um, for those of you listening that don't know the whole story, I'll give you a quick brief overview. Uh, Kirk Franklin has decided he's no longer going to support or do anything with association to the Dove Awards or um, what's the network again? Lost it that quick. I put TBN? it TBN. TBN. So Trinity Broadcast Network. Because they have twice now blocked his award acceptance speeches where he asked for prayer over certain racial injustice mm-hmm. type situations mm-hmm. and shootings of blacks. Sure. Obviously, there's been a million, um, but there are a couple in particular that happened right around when the awards were being taped. Sure. And when he said, hey, everybody, let's pray for this. Let's pray for that. He said it was a beautiful thing, and everybody came together and prayed. But when it aired, it got blocked. Mm-hmm. He complained. They said, oh, sorry, Kirk, it won't happen again. And it did happen again. Sure. <laughs> okay. So, Pastor Doria, and anybody who's listened to that, just Google it. And it's plenty mm-hmm. out there to see his full thing because he gives a nice long five minute speeches to everything that happened. Sure. But Dorian, we know you know what happened, or at least what he's saying happened. Uh-huh. Uh huh. First and foremost, do you watch the Dove Awards? 
I do not ah. watch the devil Walmarts. Okay. For those that know Pastor Dorian, you might not be surprised, but I had to ask. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not appointment viewing for me. Okay. Um, do you watch the Stella Awards? Sometimes. If I happen to catch it, like I'm not okay. really like anxious and eager to sit down and okay. watch the stellar awards but i will watch if there's a performance or somebody if i happen to be on or my wife likes it and if we're yeah sunday evening okay winding down i'll check them out but i'm not a huge award show okay just in general yeah just in general but specifically okay. <clears throat> yeah i'm not checking for the dove awards okay fair enough now with that being said do you think the average kirk franklin listener fan persona is a Dove Award watcher. Um, maybe Kirk has pretty broad crossover appeal, but I I don't believe Kirk's primary demographic is the same demographic as the Dove <laughs> Awards. For those of you primary who really don't demographic, know, the Dove Awards is the CCM of white Christian music, and Estella is the gospel black Christian music. Mm -hmm. Long story short, yeah, there's cr church music, Christian music has the same kind of categories as broadly as secular music and that secular music if they call it urban mm -hmm. it that means black yes urban know, means black folks urban means black people you know and it's the pop charts generally means it has reached a wide audience and in in uh christian world mm -hmm. if it's called gospel music that generally means it's black people and if it's christian music or Christian contemporary music, it's it's for white people. So Dove Awards, Stellar Awards, White People's Awards versus Black People Awards. And that matters a whole lot in the context of this conversation. Yes, it does. Because the question then is, with Kirk Franklin and everything he did, um, I would like to just ask you, do you actually believe he really feels salty about this or is he just trying to garner some, uh, you know, do a publicity stuff? So I can't, <clears throat> I try not to make it a habit of, speaking on people's motives yes a lot you know like i think it's just a i think it's a healthy thing for us to um avoid doing just even in general conversation and some mm -hmm. of our the juiciest conversations we have is when we you know speculate on why people yes did what they did you know or i'm gonna tell you exactly i know exactly why he did that you know or yeah the the motives of human beings are very complex things i don't know Okay. Why Kirk did what he did. I know there were some people who were very cynical and said, Hey, Kanye West is sucking all of the oxygen out of the, the church music world. So he had to come and get a taste. Um, <laughs> but um, the Dove Awards did acknowledge that they cut that piece of his speech. They acknowledged yeah. that they talked about it and said it wouldn't happen again. And in error, it did happen again. So he didn't make it up. Yeah. Okay. He didn't make it up and he didn't make up the fact that they'd had a conversation about it. Okay. The previous year. So was he trying to get publicity? Did he care as much as he let on? Was his statement pretty dramatic in saying mm -hmm. today I feel like quitting? Like that's how he starts his statement. <laughs> and do I believe Kirk Franklin genuinely felt like quitting doing music because the <laughs> Dove Awards cut a part of his speech? I don't know. Like that. Yes. That sounds um, I mean, dramatic. like, he, see, well, hold, let me stop. See, yeah. if the people, 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 Justin is springing these questions on me. So, just for the record, yes, 
Uh, normally, I know what he's getting ready to ask me, even if I act like I'm surprised. So I get to sound smart and measured and appropriate. So you're not giving me a chance to be appropriate here. <laughs> so, um, but again, I don't know Kirk Franklin's motives, but I do believe he felt disrespected by that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as a black artist going into a white space, yeah, when you know... You know, is Kirk Franklin's demographic the Devil Wards target demographic? No. But does Kirk Franklin genuinely bring an audience with him that they otherwise might not reach? Mm-hmm. If Kirk Franklin isn't a part of their show, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I do feel that if he wasn't disrespect felt if he didn't feel disrespected genuinely on the social yeah. aspect of it, that they didn't believe that what's important to him was important enough to air. I believe he may have felt disrespected genuinely on the business front that, you know, I am indeed a legitimate ass- asset to your award show. Um, there aren't a whole lot of even CCM artists that are bigger than Kirk Franklin. Sure. Right. And um, for you guys to disrespect me like that, you know, we need to, we, we need to address this and I'm going to make noise. So, you know, I'm not to be disrespected even on a business front, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think whether it was socially or just as an artist in business that you need to respect my wishes and you didn't, I think Kirk wanted to throw his weight around a little bit on okay. that front. Okay. And like to Dorian's point right there, yes, I was smiling as I asked, as I asked some of these questions because I know he likes yeah, to feel a little bit Yeah, he's about to get ready to try to get me in trouble today, but I'm 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 going to dodge if need if I can, <laughs> but you're going to make it your business to try to trip me up. Just a little bit. <laughs> and uh, the other part to this, because of the way we're going to go with this and it's been a little bit less, it'll probably, you know, be one of those times where I get to say as I was, a, if I'm a fake preacher, I'm not going to be before you long. <laughs> I've been wanting to say that for a long time. We won't be before you long. <laughs> but yeah, just so a little bit more to Kirk uh, before we move on. Um, so, I mean, do you think that was Kirk's place, though, to do that, to make his speeches about awareness to shooting victims and an award show in a celebratory manner of, you know, of a what is really a white space? Like, is that his place to make a political stand? That's what I mean. He's Kirk Franklin. Mm-hmm. He, he he can make that he can choose to do with that time what he will what he wills i won and i went often mm-hmm. therefore i don't have to necessarily be appreciative of you letting me have this platform mm-hmm. i am a type of artist that builds this into a platform like it's important and it's watched because of people like me therefore i can say what i'm thinking like i think that's a critical piece to understand once an artist reaches a certain platform that this and, and and a lot of people there's a lot of debate around that right whether award shows should be political platforms to either just say thank you or to say what you're thinking number one those award shows really don't mean anything unless we say they mean anything like why treat them <laughs> sacred right we're giving uh-huh. out awards for christian music you know like that's a whole other kind of oxymoron in and of itself right right and we should do pastor wars oh boy oh man i just had an idea that's a whole other there's people that that, there's people that do things like that but um you know how and why we would make that some kind of sacred space that can't be violated by somebody's personal opinion to me is ridiculous Mm -hmm. and secondly there are certain artists and and i'm not just talking about the devil wars i mean when you talk about the grammys and the oscars and things of that nature yes who they are is what makes they build the platform that makes the Oscars important. 
you know, a Martin Scorsese, uh, uh-huh. uh, um, a big movie star, say a Tom Cruise or a Will Smith, like mm-hmm. their fame and their success is what makes that award show important. Like we, people like me build this into something like you didn't make me. I don't need you. Okay. The Oscars need me. You know, that's a great debate that I've had with people in that same context mm-hmm. of like when like uh, the NBA or NFL was striking, was it, is it the owners or is it the players? That's a different story than these award shows. Like these award shows, you don't have a show if we don't show up Like you don't, especially in modern times. Now, previously those award shows did, you know, they carried a lot of weight. They don't carry as much weight. Like Rotten Tomatoes probably carries more weight in the success of a movie than Oscar <laughs> nominations do. Um, but I think somebody like Kirk Franklin has earned the right to be mm-hmm. heard and say whatever he wants. He's been making uh, relevant, whether you call it good or not, you know. But he's been <laughs> making relevant music okay. for what thirty years now. It's got to be close to thirty years now. Yeah, um, if not already, thirty years. GP, are you with me? Even before that, when <laughs> Kirk Franklin, Kirk Franklin and the family, before he even did God's Property, like he's been yeah. making music, and even before that. He's been making relevant music for at least 30 years now. He's earned the right to say what he thinks. And again, that's why I said it isn't necessarily even about him caring about that social issue that much. It's about him saying, I deserve to be respected and I'm not going to be where you guys edit to make more space in your program. Nah, fam. Now, if he's a brand new artist, it's his first album, and he's just grateful for the Dove Awards to recognize him, and he would be more recognized because he was on the Dove Awards, Mm -hmm. then yeah, you might be more willing to just play your position and stay PC. Um, But I think it goes back to the conversation we had about black people existing in white spaces in church, that that, that, that erasure, that silencing, Kirk felt what? Many black people feel sitting in evangelical churches that are white led every Sunday that what matters to me, you don't doesn't matter to you and you don't want it to create conflict. You don't want to talk about it because you want me here, but you also want to maintain. Right. And to be everybody else. And I'm I'm sorry to cut you off. And I really wasn't planning this question, but it does make me ask this legitimate question. I feel Mm -hmm. um, to play the other side. The Dove Awards do exist in their own space, and they, they are big, like you say, yeah. without Kirk. Without Kirk Franklin. Sure. And they have a lot of people that they have to be worried about, and sponsors they do. offending with Kirk's of course. stances. So, I don't know, like, are they not at the right to do that? And I don't want to say, go ahead and disrespect him. Like, they probably shouldn't be like, oh, yeah, it won't happen again, and then do it again. But before he goes on and be like, hey, Kirk. Please stay away off that. Mm-hmm. Like they have a right to do that, don't you say? Yeah. Okay. They do, and that's and Kirk Franklin. Well, I'll say this. I think it's important what you said that they said that they weren't going to do that. Right. Like as a as a supposedly mm-hmm. Christian organization, <laughs> right? Like they right. should keep their word. And any organization, you're only as good as your word. That's just not a Christian thing. They don't have the right to say that they're going to do something and then do. Do one thing and then do another. I don't think in under any circumstances, but they do reserve the right to say we don't do that here. Like, and that's one of the things you find when you the bigger the church you go to preach at, the bigger the platform you go to speak on, the more rules about what you can and can't say and what they're willing to allow you say that you're gonna get. And um, I've been I've spoken at a couple places I that was came just gonna ask you that with those sorts of parameters, mm-hmm. um, and 
when you come to those crossroads, both parties have a choice. They have a choice of what they want said, and then you have a choice of whether or not you want to participate. So Kirk mm-hmm. has the right, if they were candid and said, hey, listen, you can't say anything political here. Okay. Then Kirk has the right to say that I'm not coming. Right. And I'm not going to perform. And I'm not going to be there to receive an award. And then I'm going to make, I'm going to use my platform to speak against George. Like everybody reserves their right. Yeah. I just think I don't like, and I think a lot of those big churches, they exist on their own. The mm-hmm. Dove Awards exists on its own. I just don't like you to to try to give the appearance that we're all together and you care about me. And then when it comes time to show that you care, okay, then you're gonna edit, clip, cut as to not offend other people. I'm, I'm, we're not gonna straddle the fence on this. You put your cards on the table, then I can decide if I want to play them. If not, you know, mm-hmm. I, I just want you to be up front. So the Dove Awards absolutely has the right to say what we want to do or what we don't want to do. Mm-hmm. They just have to be up front with that. Okay. Okay. I mean, I think that's a trickier space, even in the fact that like, you know, these, nobody's going to say, I don't feel like anybody's got the gall to say, yeah, just stay off of certain, you know, like don't bring up racism, but you know, kind of hint at it. Like, Hey Kirk, we're kind of, but that's a whole nother conversation. Sorry. Um, one last point on Kirk and we'll go to, cause we got a lot I want to get to. Um, you know, he so he was saying that also, hey, this is my stand, and he's not asking people to take this stance with him. Yet, there have been a number of artists who have, per se, joined Kirk in this movement. A lot. Uh, even some CCM artists of pretty sizable uh, reputation. Uh, how do you feel about that? Do you feel like uh, if, if Pastor Dorian was singer Dorian, where were you lying in this battle if I just could put you on that spot? So the thing I, I thought it was interesting the the immediate response from so many black artists said that this was not an isolated incident mm-hmm. and they had been impacted the same way. So I feel like it, evidently what Kirk was referring to was not isolated and it was so real that everybody else needed to make a similar stand. So mm-hmm. I could see myself if I had been impacted that way and say, okay, what Kirk said is real and it happened to me. Again, I'm not Kirk Franklin and a lot of the other artists there. Of course, most of them aren't and don't have the platform he does, but it may have happened to them in lesser ways. Yeah. Um, then they absolutely should use that as an opportunity to to come together and create change. So, you know, um, I know he said you don't have to, but man, if somebody like Kirk Franklin get, can get the ball rolling, Right then, you want to jump in and do your little bit to create momentum there. So, like a Todd Dulaney, I saw him. Yeah, you know, a Jonathan McReynolds. Uh, I saw a few artists, quite a few artists, as a matter of fact. And mm-hmm. you know, none of them are Kirk Franklin to be able to get that ball rolling. But each one of them can do enough to create and keep the momentum sure. going. So, I think that was a positive thing for them to do. Okay, okay, fair enough. Um, so you kind of. Um, hinted at another uh, subject I want to get into talking about the thing about this possibly being a stunt because of somebody else's momentum rolling uh, okay. Kanye West oh, and his boy. recent explosion in the gospel world <laughs> his new venture into that now I know folks we have had a con- Kanye conversation it was actually one of you guys favorite conversations that wasn't a main conversation <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's the power of Kanye West's name which is what brought us here mm-hmm. but just quickly here his album's out now it is. it's officially out have you listened to it yet 
I have. Okay. Yes. yes. Uh, all the way, front to back. Front to back. All right. It's really brief, so it's not hard. To... <laughs> I was just gonna say that. <laughs> Thoughts uh, initially, like on the album, like what'd you think of the album? The actual, like you know, you listened. We we've you know we talked about your music taste a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. Is this getting on the playlist? So it's more. It, I, I don't know. I don't know yet. Okay. I don't know yet. All right, so that was kind so of. So I've our gone sp- through stages of uh-huh. feelings about the album, but do you I have don't... any particular song on there you liked? Like, man, let me run that one back. I like that. So one. it depends on what. So I, I um, it so when I first listened to it, so I'll kind of in brief give you my stages of yeah what I thought about it. When I first listened to it, I thought it was awful. Okay, my first impression of it was this does not sound good. Mm-hmm. Um. It sounds terrible, and I felt like um, the Christian content was pretty um, um I don't know and 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 maybe probably not, okay, but I, I'll give you kind of my thoughts on what I went through different stages, okay in terms of my interaction with this music is is like that. Sure. In general. So, like my first impression of it is, I my the first time I listened to it, I thought it was it sounded terrible, and it felt so abbreviated because some songs are extremely brief. Yes, the whole album is very short. Um, and I thought that the the content in terms of its, um, the content of the album from a Christian perspective was fairly elementary. You know, mm-hmm. um, so that was kind of my original thought. Like I thought, okay, this is weird. It doesn't sound good, and maybe he should have waited a little while as a, um, you know, as a Christian to learn more, walk with God a little longer, to right, right. you know, have more depth in the songs. But then I stopped, and somebody asked me my thoughts about it, so it sent me back to listen to it again. Mm-hmm. I mean, I listened to it through a different lens. Number one, I do recognize like I don't keep up to date with current trends in hip hop, right? Sure. Um, I stopped listening a long time ago, so my sensibilities are very different. Mm-hmm. And I know that sensibilities around music have changed. So part of me has to assume that if that there's a certain amount that is just me not having and being up to date with current sensibilities in music. Mm-hmm. That the last time I was listening to rap music on a regular basis was like 2004 or something like, you know, 2005. So the genre has definitely evolved quite a bit. So I chalk it up. I said, well, okay, maybe there's something for me to understand more about this album. Another thing I had to just be, it it is a very overtly Christian album. Yeah. And even many of the things that people knock him for in his Sunday services, he does not do on this album. Like there isn't a whole bunch of secular music. Right, right, remixed at least at least not to the degree that I can tell. Sure, you know he doesn't take obviously secular songs and remix them. It right, it's not Biggie and Tupac. Exactly, with Jesus for the most name, part, right. it sounds original or it's Christian old school choir yeah, songs. He did a lot of that, you right. know, uh, remixed that. But um, but then when I listened to it the second time, this was the lens that I listened to it through on the second time. Is mm-hmm. this is a new convert? Again, and I'm trying to give it a charitable reading. I don't want anybody to take this as me making yeah. a confirmation about Kanye's salvation, right? But right. And giving it its most charitable 
reading or listening, I said, okay, this is a new convert that had obviously dealt with many demons, mm-hmm. oppression and possession, whatever the case may be. And if this is a new Christian that has genuinely been delivered yeah. from so many demons and been saved and he does music, is this what an expression of that sounds like? Mm-hmm. Like what would it sound like Yeah, for somebody that had just been set free from that? Yes. And when I listened to it through that lens, it actually sounded beautiful to me. Okay. And not in the way of, oh, this is music I'm getting ready to put on and yeah put on repeat over and over again but and again and I, I don't like I said I can't speak to his genuine salvation but sure if I'm looking through it that lens and not being skeptical and being charitable this is somebody that had publicly dealt with so many demons and if he is indeed delivered because like there's a song on there God is that could sound good but he's singing it <laughs> but yeah, here's the thing and I true. realized like the first I time I listen I'm like man get a gospel singer to sing this and this is dope Right. but then I thought about it this isn't about getting a gospel singer to sing this so it's dope this is about him expressing yeah. who God is to him and right. this God that just delivered him and set him free that sounded beautiful to me then mm-hmm. again not in a way that says I need to put this on repeat yeah. but in a way of me acknowledging what type of expression that is so yeah. like when I listen to it again that as an expression of somebody that's delivered and just want to say who God is to them and who they see him and know him to be right now. Yeah. I'll be quite honest. It was, it was, it was a beautiful expression to me in that sense. Okay. Okay. And, and, and then I listened to it a third time because then I was with my wife. So yeah. I listened to it once just, okay. Cause I, this is going on. I need to listen to it. And yes. I've gotten questions about it. This isn't the first, you're not the first person that asked me. <laughs> so just came out of Bible study and somebody asked me right there in Bible study. Justin tell you, I was kind of mad at her cause I had already planned on asking you again on this, but Hey, it was a great question. <laughs> and, and it derailed my whole Bible study. So I had to, but so I wanted to listen just as, you know, and, Pure curiosity, right? Is yes. it going to genuinely be Christian? Is it going to be a gospel album? What What is it going to be? Yes. So I just listened to it the second time. Somebody asked me, and I went back. I'm like, well, let me give it another listen because they said they thought some things sounded good. So, mm-hmm. and when I went, I had a different mindset. And then the third time I listened, I let my wife hear. Okay. So we were driving. We were in Chicago. Okay. I let my wife listen to it. So it's a third time listening. It sounded better to me when I stopped having expectations of what I thought should happen. Because mm-hmm. you keep when when I first listened to it, I kept waiting for the song to start. Right. Yes. I kept waiting for the beat to drop or it to yes. turn into something. Because I used to listen to Kanye. That's way how the back song. In the day. Right. Okay. I was gonna ask you that. Like you know, if you had listened to previous Kanye. West. Absolutely, man. Okay. Of so course. like you know, college dropout. Yeah, and, of course. Okay, late graduate. registration or yeah, the graduate is a graduation. I think I, I listened to maybe the first two before. Yeah. You know, like the first one. two Kanye. Yes, absolutely. And I've heard some of crazier. his other stuff. Yeah. So you know, like I. So when I, I came to it, when I kept waiting for something to happen, it sounded very sparse. But when I just listened to it the third time with my wife and I knew to not expect anything and I just listened to it for what it was mm-hmm. worth, sonically, that was it was much richer than what it had initially impacted me mm-hmm. by. And there was more sonically and musically yes. there and it, it sounded a lot better. Would it go into rotation for me? I don't think so. Okay. Well, I'm actually pretty certain I don't have any desire to turn it on and listen to it now, <laughs> you know, when I get in the car or anything like that. Um what did Jaleesha think? 
She liked it. Okay. Okay. She liked it. She loved some of the choir arrangements she thought uh-huh. were really good. And there are some good choir arrangements on there. So, again, okay. she I don't think it's for certain she's not going to be saying, hey, turn on the Kanye West. right? <laughs> but okay. um, she appreciated some of the choir arrangements that were there. And, and again, and we talked about it. Yeah. You know, and some of the things that I looked at in terms of a new Christian expressing their salvation. Mm-hmm. And she could identify that and thought some of that was okay. good, too. All right, fair enough. And then, um, it's with like you say, with all these different things going on with it, like you know, like if uh, Lauren or Doe came home, like Dad, I heard Kanye West album, or Hey, I want to listen to Kanye West album. What would your thoughts be when it applies to like your children? That's so they don't. My kids don't know anything about Kanye West, mm-hmm. right? Like they don't know anything about what he did before his other music. Mm-hmm. Nothing that I heard on that album. Mm-hmm. Would I assume to be, or did I hear that was dangerous? It was all, for the most part, yeah, as Christian as just about any other music out there. Matter of fact, it was probably more Christian than half the worship music that's <laughs> on the radio these yeah. days. Um, right. And I don't, I don't assume most gospel. I, I don't assume anything about the gospel artists that we listen to. Like no, no. I don't assume them to be these sanctified worshipers with holy hands, no matter how much they profess that on their music. I've met some of them in person and know yeah. good well that, man. So I, I'm not, even if he is got other things going on and he's not a hundred percent genuine. I, again, I don't know that all gospel artists are, I danced around this cause I don't know. Like, I don't think I'd be active. Turn that devil music off. It's okay. Kanye West, but I, I'm not actively saying we're a Kanye West listening Okay. Household. Um, but again, I don't want to create drama. They don't know anything about him. If they heard Jesus is King, that would be the first Kanye West music that they heard in yeah. their first interaction with him as a person. And it is a very overtly Christian right. album. So I guess the the follow up to that then is even like, okay, they're listening. And I, I guess it depends on which medium you let them listen on. But like if they're listening on per se Apple Music, um, you know, they start feeding you suggestions. Oh, Kanye West. You listen to Kanye West. Here's mm-hmm. a previous Kanye West yeah, song. Here's yeah. the best of Kanye West. Mm-hmm. And it goes from Jesus is King to Jesus Walks to... All yeah, the other stuff. Yeah. You know, is that like... But I, but but again, and that's that's the thing. My, my kids don't listen to Apple Music. Okay. They don't like just watch videos on YouTube and get to go to the next suggestion. Okay. Right? They listen to music... In a box you keep. Yeah, that safe. we give to them. So, yes. you know, again, that's why if they heard, like my daughter, Lauren, heard one song, he talks about Chick-fil-A. Yes. And she heard that. Right. Here at church. Because everybody okay. thought it was funny that he was saying, and corny that he was saying something about you being my Chick-fil-A. Right. So Lauren heard that. She just thought it was funny that there was a song talking about Chick-fil-A. <laughs> yes. Not that Kanye West. Right. You know, is singing about Chick Fil A, but that it's a Chick Fil A song. And she's like, "Daddy, do you have the Chick Fil A song?" That sounds like something me, one right? of my kids would do say. You have, there's, do you? I heard a Chick Fil A song, Daddy. Do you have the Chick Fil A song? Do you have? You know, so um, I, closed on Sunday. Yes, it says again. It, it, it is messaging that I, I don't think I would be actively trying to keep my kids from that. Okay, but I don't think Kanye West at this point. As a person, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, again, I don't, I don't know, I don't think that hard about it, to be quite honest. If you're going to ask me about it, I'm kind of fumbling around it because I ain't thought about it. Like, 
Mm -hmm. Kanye West really isn't a huge topic in our household. He's somebody I pray mm -hmm. for. I hope his conversion is genuine. I believe it would be a beautiful testimony. So I'm praying that he is sticks deep into the faith and he becomes a genuine testimony of the deliverance of God and continues to make good music, gospel music, as he said he's going to do. But it's not like an active topic I'm thinking about okay. in my house. My kids are nine years old and younger. Like, <laughs> right, right. And so that's why your kids uh, are just a little bit older than mine. So maybe at that age, that's why I thought I'd ask. What? Okay. So um, that's Kanye in a nutshell. I'm sure we'll probably have to revisit him as this continues I'm sure, to play but I'm out. praying for the brother. And yes, it was sir. a very overtly Christian album. Like, I mean, the name alone. It's tough to find names that are that direct. Yeah, man. And I saw an interview he did. Um a late night talk show host mm -hmm. and they did an interview on a plane. I saw that too. And yeah. man, like that was boy, good. He, he, it was, it was a good interview, man. Yeah. I'm rooting for, for him and his salvation. I'm not going to take a cynical stance on it. All right. So I don't, he hasn't presented himself as somebody that needs to be, my kids need to be protected from not his current iteration. But again, I'm, I, it's, I think I don't listen to Christian rap. <laughs> like I, I not a big Lecrae fan, huh? In particular, his sonically, his music, I think it's, it's sonically Lecrae makes rap music for white people. Okay. It's what it sounds like to me. Okay. But that's a whole other story. But there's some, I have there here and there, mm -hmm. some, some gospel or Christian rap, but that's really not a genre I spend a lot of time with. <laughs> not many of us do. <laughs> All right. So um, here we go. I got you for this other series. It's another uh, thing that you sort of hinted at more than you know. Uh, but there's this new series on HBO called Watchmen. Mm -hmm. Stars Regina King. Yeah, I'm familiar um, with You it. know, most people, when you say Regina King, at least listening to this, know, oh, Regina King? Sign me up. 227. Um, now, we've talked a little bit about it, and it's only been like three episodes so far. Mm hmm have you watched any of it so far? Have you seen? So it comes on on Sunday nights. Correct. And Sunday nights, Sunday evenings are my unwind. Okay. Time like if you're gonna if you want Pastor Dorian to watch your show, mm -hmm. Sunday nights are the best time. I believe that's when The Wire used to air, right? It did. Okay. Just the quick Sopranos, Game Pastor of Thrones. Dorian's yeah. You know that's that's HBO's prestige. Yeah. You know, and a lot of sh a lot of channels that's that's a heavyweight that's a heavyweight time yep. yeah or time frame and and it works for me you know again that's my unwind mm -hmm. i can you know be yeah. as, that that is carnal you're gonna the car the most carnal you're gonna catch me is sunday night <laughs> sunday evening so yeah. <laughs> you know like that's that's when i've crescendoed on my sunday morning and i'm okay all right. hills and valleys ladies and gentlemen yeah i gotta the take a break and, and be regular until i get yeah. back in my word prepping for tuesday bible study right <laughs> so um so i've seen Watchmen. i watched the first episode but i had okay. zero yes zero clue okay what was going on i tried to do some reading yeah. to fill in the blanks because i'm not afraid to mm -hmm. do my extracurricular study on a show to stay up to date. That was actually one of the things that I loved the most about Game of Thrones, especially okay. early on, is I would read articles like Monday morning yeah. at work after again, Game of Thrones come on Sunday night. Yep. Monday morning at work, we would have a round table discussion about it in my office. So there were a group of us yeah. at work. So we had a set appointment 
and everybody would come into my office and we would discuss Game of Thrones and all the theories. And then I would spend the rest of my morning reading articles. So most Monday mornings at work on during the Game of Thrones, I didn't do any work. Absolutely. I would read article after article, different takes and things. Did you miss this? And this was in the yeah, background. Yeah. I love that kind of stuff. Right. So when I watched the first episode, I'm like, I have zero clue what's happening. Right. None of this makes sense. So maybe I got to do a little reading. I did some reading and it still didn't make sense. Like I literally didn't probably make you even more lost. I didn't even understand the words that I was reading. <laughs> and then I went to another article and I'm like, I don't know what this person's talking about. And they're saying something completely different than the last person. Yeah. So I, I just bailed, man. I don't. I just got out of there. Didn't get it. Okay. Because for those that haven't heard or seen anything on this show, Watchmen, would you at least mind sharing opening scene of season one, episode one? Oh, so it opens. Um, this is what really started the firestorm on the internet. Yeah, it it opens with the Tulsa race riots in Black Wall Street, mm-hmm. when um, a neighborhood of very well-to-do and successful black-owned businesses and well-to-do black people, there was a, a riot and hundreds of black people were killed. All their businesses were burned to the ground in Tulsa, Oklahoma. This is a real life event, mm-hmm. and this is the first depiction of that. I've like most people don't even know it happened, black or white. Yeah, let alone seeing a depiction in, in, in the mainstream show. That was the first time I've ever seen. So when it first, when and the, this was the introduction to the show. The show kicks right off with that, which again made it now, seem interesting. Now for you, me. how did like that's what I'm saying? So that first ten minutes, were you like, oh? So I'm. It's it's funny you say that. I'm not. I am not a huge fan. Of us getting most of our black history now from movies and TV. Okay. So I like, is it good that that's acknowledged and put in the consciousness of a lot of people via that show? Sure. Because then the next thing, the next day, there's articles written about it and things of that nature. So it becomes a topic. But I'm personally a little exhausted by some of a, so much of our history being confined to entertainment instead of to textbooks, classrooms, colleges, and universities. So I'm 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 not overjoyed by our history having to get highlighted. Okay. Via movies. Okay. That's a whole other type of like I don't go see slave movies. Oh man, we go hold that thought there because that's okay. coming up. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like I'm 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 good on that. I don't need to watch that. I don't need to be entertained by that. I wasn't a big fan of having to be entertained by black people being brutalized and shot and terrorized. Like I don't, I'm, I'm not a fan of that being a part of my, my entertainment and other mm-hmm. people's entertainment. Like we turn mm-hmm. this on to be entertained and you open with black babies being shot mm-hmm. and men being beat and women being drugged. I'm like, I, I feel a kind of way about that being okay. easily put into our entertainment. I'm uh, and I, that our history has to be relegated to that and then that you are willing to show that with such regularity and they don't show very many you know it's not a regular thing like the holocaust was treated very delicately mm-hmm. and you had um uh steven spielberg's movie um uh, x american history x no 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 no, no, oh. no of the actual holocaust gosh Oh, it's like oh, not american history x uh redo uh apocalypse now no 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 oh gosh but um, you have uh, uh, Schindler's List, okay, directed by Steven Spielberg, who's Jewish, and he mm-hmm. treated it with such care and intentionality. Uh, you know, I, you just don't see people recklessly depicting and displaying the violence 
mm-hmm. and the brutality of the Holocaust. It's treated respectfully. And I, again, I, it, I don't want to go off on a tangent. So mm-hmm. I think it was good that it brought the Tulsa race riots into a lot of people's consciousness. Like you said, a lot of people had never heard of it till then. Absolutely. But I, I, it's a personal thing mm-hmm. of just our history and especially that constantly being the story of our history that mm-hmm. gets told in mainstream media. I, I'm, I'm a little exhausted of it. So mm-hmm. as good as that, as it was to bring that into mainstream consciousness, it's not like, a, oh, I got to watch okay, because they ah. showed that. Okay, because then, you know, the other topic they hit on, it's big within the, uh, let's say, African-American community and black community as far as a hot button topic that fires off. Oh, it's this, this or that is they uh, hinted uh, reparations. Yeah. And they talk about reparations on it. Now, they call it something else, but we all know mm-hmm. that's what they're talking about. Yeah. How'd you feel about them bringing that up? Even I don't remember them bringing that up because I may have been too lost to even know that that's what they were talking about. I genuinely okay. didn't know what was going on. And and I, I I watched the whole first episode. Yeah. And then I started the second when they still they didn't give me any clarity on what happened in the first episode. I bailed because <laughs> I just don't have the kind of time to invest in watching a show. Going down that rabbit hole. Huh? Zero. Okay. Context and zero idea of what's happening. So. Okay. Well, I can actually go with that because I'm I the t- your take on the Tulsa Oklahoma scene alone was mm-hmm. different than what I would have expected. Okay, again, because you're one of the first people I ever heard talk about that. Sure. Um, I myself the way I learned about it in vagueness before I researched it um, was uh, the movie. Um, there was a movie Rosewood, uh, which is basically Tulsa Oklahoma. <sighs> yes, but and that was painful to watch. Painful to watch. Yeah. But that was kind of what it was really sparked it and into that that got mm-hmm. me. I was like, oh, this is really, this is a real thing. Crazy. So, yeah, I'm glad. Like, I, I, for me, I feel like, you know, with film nowadays, especially, it's not pure entertainment anymore. You know, it sometimes is, like when you watch Avengers, or yeah. maybe not. There's <laughs> <laughs> propaganda in a lot of movies. There is. Mm-hmm. So, there are people trying their uh, art expressions of political views and things and historical mm-hmm. views and you want to create these conversations and yeah. use their platforms yeah so for you to say that's a bad space to use it and it should be in other places that's a conversation we got to have yeah um but you did mention something very great into the next subject i want to go on or conversation to see it's a slave movie okay it's a very popular one it just recently came out harriet about the life of harriet tubman yeah 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 so uh, just this was my question. I think you answered it directly, but are you going to see it? It has zero intention <laughs> of going to see um, the Harriet Tubman movement. And it's not because, again, Harriet Tubman is like as close to a legitimate superhero okay. as, as has walked the face of this earth. Mm-hmm. Right. Like um, her story is beyond amazing. Right. Um what, and, do you make, what makes you think it took so long for them to come out with a movie about her? We've got Mar- we've got Malcolm X, we've got like ten Martin Luther King movies, which all suck. But you know, mm-hmm. like why so long? Because she's a black woman. Uh huh. Um, there is, or in the real story, there is. Um, you know, there is no way to make white people centered. Um, her strength, and again, it's not about black subjugation and us being rescued by white people it's about black people rescuing black people 
and doing it successfully. Mm. You know, like Malcolm X got killed at the end of Malcolm X, right? Martin right. Luther King gets assassinated at the end. Like story right, ends right. negatively. Uh, negatively. <laughs> yeah, you know, Harriet Tubman yeah. in all essence wins. And yeah. so, yeah, that's not a story that's going to be uh, okay. quick to be told because she won. Okay. And they didn't at least get to show the end of white people getting there. Ah, well, suppose see, revenge on her. Now I haven't seen it yet, mm-hmm. um, but I, I but I had no intention of going to see it. Okay, uh, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> However, um, but I'm not saying other people shouldn't go. Okay, because your take on a particular point in the movie that I thought I would ask if you've heard anything about the internet kind of going after it, and that the antagonist in the movie turns out to be black. Yeah, Have you heard, I heard that? Yet? About, I heard about that so i heard about it in speculation before the movie came out mm-hmm. and then since this came out reviews have come in from people that have actually seen it and have confirmed okay that her main antagonist outside of the slave her former slave owner is a black male slave catcher okay um and he is the most brutal figure really in the movie so he's like leonardo dicaprio and django yes in that the movie oh, actually doesn't said. depict a ton of violence Oh, right, really? and, and, and no, it does not. From what I've read, is not extremely. It does not show slavery as an extremely brutal institution okay. as it is. It kind of well, saw according to Kanye that, West, it was a choice, so it was well, probably like a spy. See, but this is the thing about <laughs> it, and people were very angry at Kanye West for making that statement because yeah. it painted slavery in an inappropriate light. And then there are certain intellectuals that are trying to brush over the fact that she paints the main villain as another black man yeah. and I got some feelings about the way black men are depicted in liberal media mm-hmm. even by many black women in academia and black women period nobody nobody gets a bad narrative bought by everybody else easier than a black man mm-hmm. one black man does something in Everybody, even other black people, are so willing to use that one black person to 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 confirm a narrative about black men. Mm-hmm. Black men are the only thing you'll see it on Twitter and in social media that a black man does something bad and black men are trash becomes the takeaway of the instance. Like this is a this is a, a phenomenon that happens regularly in mm-hmm. discourse. That a black man can be labeled as all black men, and you never see them do that with white men. You know, it's it's so I feel a certain type of way about mm-hmm. that. You choose to make a black man the bad guy in a movie that does not need another bad guy. They're slave owners. You don't need to fabricate. And this person did not exist. It's not a part of the historical record. And I, I if I'm not a conspiracy theorist guy, but that a black man has to be the bad guy. The only person shown killing a black person in this movie is that black man. Really? Yes. Wow. So I, I, I got a bone to pick. Like I, is it, it, genuinely maybe now again i wasn't planning on going to see it yeah but i think that's sick i think that's propaganda and i i, I genuinely hate the very idea and i'm like i i, I could feel my blood boiling even talking about it I haven't mm-hmm. talked about it i've read about it so this is the first time i'm talking about it i didn't know we were getting ready to go down this road so i'm not feeling measured in my response but i hate yeah the very idea that the most vile and overtly evil person in the movie is a fabricated black man. 
that Harriet Tubman's story needs no additions. It needs, it does not need to be, it needs no embellishments. It doesn't need, like, I get it. Like, biopics, I get it. They take creative license with them yeah, all the time. So I'm not like this. It needs to have historical accuracy and purest, purity yeah. guy. Like Baines, the brother Baines and Malcolm X. Like that's an amalgamation of characters and right, right. drive certain plots. I get it. But an evil black man is not a plot device that's necessary. What we're talking about, the institution of slavery that was brutalizing families, raping women, separating families, selling children into slavery. You got to fabricate an evil black man? Mm. That's sick. It's twisted. I would never see that and I would never recommend anybody seeing that. And I'm not going to whitewash over that fact. Go, it's just one aspect of the movie. It's a sick, twisted, disgusting aspect of that movie. And I'm ashamed it's a black woman that directed that and allowed that to happen in her movie. I'm, 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 you know, got me. See, this is why we were supposed to talk about this before. <laughs> Don't look at I'm me. I'm like so that, angry. Bro. That I, made me angry when I read that that yeah. was a true thing. And I even saw a couple of the clips. It's sick. Yeah, I haven't. I don't know I'm much so on that character. Thank you, Justin, for getting me mad tonight. I mean, I was trying to get you, but I didn't try. To, I wasn't trying to get you there. So oh, I'm, I'm sorry so about angry. that. Because I have a sensitive spot about the depiction yeah. of black men in our society. We, of every statistical measure, black men come out the worst. Every statistical measure, besides intra-partner violence, black women absolutely statistically come out worse. But by every other measure of success, black men are by far in the worst state in this country and I, I think it's sick that you would take a Harriet Tubman movie Harriet Tubman needs no embellishment she doesn't need another evil character to run away from and that the evil character you decide to embellish your story with is a black man is sick and speaks to a agenda I guess you really not go like the next question well fire away I'm already mad they what I even read one take where the other hero in the movie ends up being her slave owner. Yeah, I read about that. And that's context because the slave owner, well, we're going to give, I don't want to give away the movie if somebody does hear this. Oh, to yeah. Guess see we should it, but put spoiler. Yeah. Spoiler alert. I don't, I, I that the, that that black character was created was enough for me to discredit the entire motive of the filmmakers in the movie. Mm-hmm. And people can say that I'm overreacting and there's a lot of black academics that are trying to shrug their shoulders through it and say, well, it's a black woman. We got to celebrate it. I'm past supporting and celebrating just because a black person did it black person deserve people deserve scrutiny and standards just as much as anybody so i'm not telling people to go see it and i'm not going to see it just because a black woman directed it i know about harriet tubman i read books i don't need some movie to do that and to lace within harriet tubman's story an evil black man as if black men were her opposition. Now, I'm not saying in that time that they might not have been black men that challenged her being the leader, but Harriet Tubman doesn't need your ridiculous modern day embellishments. Mm-hmm. So that's the other thing. Like, it's like almost as a black person seeing this, do you feel a, a way really about them? Like, because I said, like, why did it take so long? And now it comes out and then you have this embellishment in there. And like, I've heard a lot of things against the lead actress that has shown her to be where it's like, hold on, you, you tap dancing on the other side a lot too. Mm-hmm. So like, is that like a thing where you think like, like that's what, it, that's why it finally came out. Cause we finally found somebody willing to tell a story in a, 
manner to kind of conveniently oh, rush know, stuff. You got to know who's paying for these things. And there's always agendas in these things and messages. And like I said, propaganda that has to be, you know, carried out. So I don't know who made this sister put this evil black man in there. And there's not an African-American actress playing Harriet Tubman. She's like British. She's black British. Right. You know, and I, I, I understand that some people upset about that. I wasn't necessarily like. Sure. Real angry or frustrated about that. So, you know, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of variables, and I don't know what kind of pressure that sister was under to make that movie and to put that character in there. Like, I don't know if she just sat at home and said, guess what? <clears throat> I think an evil black man is what this movie needs. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just know I don't like the outcome, and they will yeah. not get a dollar of my money, and I will not okay. even watch it when it comes on free TV. <laughs> and I wouldn't let my kids watch that. And I, again, if somebody wants to go see that and support that movie, I get it. Um, Because part of more black movies being made is the black movies that are made or the movies made about black people being successful and being profitable. I get it. Right. But I'm tired of slave movies. We're more than slaves. We've done more than just be slaves. So I'm just, I was just over. Yeah. The whole idea of entertaining myself with our subjugation and our pain. So. Okay. I feel you. So I kind of kind of spin off and lighten up hopefully with this. Uh, Man, you talking about me being mad already. More than this and more than that and depiction of black men. Uh-huh. Uh speaking of a very successful black man or partly black man, Tiger Woods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just tied to record for all-time wins of any PGA player ever. Yeah. PGA event. Um I know your father's an avid golfer. Uh-huh. Um he tied Sam C's record uh record for most all-time wins. Uh-huh. Um, and we talked about him when he came back and won the Masters. Do you think this sets Tiger Woods up to go that much further into history now and puts him in a better place? I'm rooting for that to happen. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know enough about golf. Mm-hmm. I'm a f- sports fan. Right. I'm not a golf fan. I've been a Tiger Woods fan. Mm-hmm. You know, like if Tiger's not playing, I'm generally not. Yeah. Interested in watching. It's probably like 80% of golf fans, but yeah. Right. So I don't know. What I would imagine is it's obvious he still has enough game left Mm -hmm. to challenge Jack's major record and Mm -hmm. to win a lot more tournaments. The question is either can his body hold up or can he learn to play the game in a way Mm -hmm. that his new body requires to play it so he doesn't. He keeps getting injured even after he wins. Then he'll have to take these big hiatuses. And I think it's only so many times you could do that until he either his body just gives out or he has to learn, hey, I can only play this way in yeah. order. If he learns that, and again, if his body's able to hold up, I don't see any reason why he couldn't okay. keep winning. Now, is he ever going to be the Tiger of the early 2000s? No, but he's still good enough that on any given weekend he could be the guy. Sure. Taking on the trophy. And I'm rooting for it. Okay. I like a good redemption story. <laughs> well spoken, Pastor. So with Tiger, just and we'll just we kind of touched on this, but I you just got to so hot on this and I can't just let it go that easy. I'm sorry, Dory. No, oh, here you go, Justin. How do you feel about Tiger Woods as a black man and a proponent for his platform? Speaking of since we talked about platforms and black men in a portrayal, him being a person who's been portrayed a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Tyre Woods and his stance as a black man? So 
there's two different things here. So there's Tiger Woods stance as a black man. And then there's the reality of Tiger Woods as a black man. So Tiger's personal stance has always been one that's been ridiculous. He wouldn't claim to be black. He was Calabalasian or whatever the ridiculous phrase he right. used to say all of the different ethnicities that, um, you know, are in his family line. Yes. Right. Lineage. But the, his father, his name is Earl Woods. That's like the blackest. That Earl Woods is the blackest name. That might that's like second only to Kunta Kinte. Like <laughs> Earl Woods is the blackest name. Like Earl, but but here's what I what I in and, and it's even why I'm so sensitive about the depiction in this movie, the Harry Tubman movie. Is yes. Regardless of Tiger Woods' personal mm-hmm. convictions or willingness to take that mantle and to live that truth. Yes. That's what he was and that's what people saw him as. So his his winning and his persona was attributed to a black man. Mm-hmm. And he was a successful black man, which is why many of us rooted, you know, were rooting for him. <laughs> right. The way that we did. Even if he didn't want to wear that mantle. We jumped on him. We put it on him because that's what they put it on. That's what other people put on him. Like he, he, he that's why he got the fried chicken jokes yes. and all sorts of things. Because you, uh, you, however you describe yourself, part of the black identity has nothing to do with how we self-identify. It's how other people identify us. Like that's what makes the collective black experience so yeah. powerful. Is because a part of it isn't self-derived. It's everybody around us seeing us a certain way, right? So. You know, I think he's ridiculous in his perspective on things. And furthermore, I, I do think people don't have to be like if you, you play golf, you're an athlete. You don't have to be some kind of social, okay. you know, icon and, and take on social issues. Michael Jordan never did either. Mm-hmm. He was just too dark skinned for the <laughs> foolishness of Tiger Woods did. But, um, yeah. you know, but he was a black man the same way Mike you just black, bro, and what you do reflects on the rest of us. It just does. Yes. Both good and bad. So that's just the way that I looked at Tiger. Okay. Okay. That's fair. And I can say I wasn't even going to ask that, but then after the whole stance, I just thought it was a very appropriate transition. Sure. Um, and uh, last couple subjects here. Um, this one here, again, these are nice transitions and follow-ups from things we've talked about. World Series just ended. Washington Nationals, congratulations. World Series champs. Yeah. Um, we talked about them because coming off the offseason, the NBA and everything, how they did not uh, re-sign Bryce Harper mm-hmm. based on analytics. Yep. You had said this is a culmination of like 20 years of money mm-hmm. ball. Yep. Um, I, it looks like a huge win for analytics nerds. Mm-hmm. Moving forward, do you think it's only going to get worse? I think for a period of time and then it'll change. So this, I was having this conversation with somebody and I hope nobody takes this the wrong way, but the (laughs) analytics guys are nerds. Yes. Now this is what I was, I was telling somebody in the conversation and I think this is might show itself to be true over time is nerds weren't nerds and outcasts because they were smart. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people want to create the narrative that nerds, get beat up and stuffed in lockers and nobody (laughs) likes them or can't get the girl because they're smart. No. Nerds aren't nerds because they're smart. 
Nerds are nerds because they like things nobody else likes. <laughs> right. Like right. they have interests yes. that nobody else has. And I think that's a key distinction in letting the nerds run baseball or basketball is because you guys like things that nobody else likes. I'm not saying it's wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying just nobody else likes it. Right. Like the movie Moneyball, there's a there's a, a scene. Um, it's a movie with Brad Pitt. Yes. And it's showing how the stats and analytics come into baseball. And one of the guys that are showing Brad Pitt about this, he's a nerd. Correct. Brad Pitt wasn't. He was a former ball player. Yep. Pro ball player. Almost made it to the major leagues. Like didn't have a great career. But he's an athlete. Yep. That just knows the game. A nerd he lets into the office. And the nerd says... I love a walk because a walk is as good as a hit. So statistically, a walk is as good as a hit. Right. But guess what? We don't like walks. No. We like home runs. We like watching somebody hit a base hit and legging out it to a double. Yes. Like I don't like walks. And I think if we let the stat geeks affect the aesthetic of the game so much, you're going to see viewership eventually okay. be challenged by it. It won't be a matter of does it allow us to win. It's it's impacting our viewership because this is a less entertaining product. Even though it may be more efficient, mm-hmm. it's less entertaining. Ah, And I think eventually we'll realize that efficiency doesn't shouldn't rule the day. It might rule the day in manufacturing, <laughs> but efficiency shouldn't rule the day in entertainment and mm-hmm. Sports is ultimately entertainment. And I think at a certain point, you're going to realize it's more valuable to build our game on Bryce Harper hitting bombs Mm -hmm. than guys that have high on base percentage because they can walk and then you can bump them over to second base. Like, Mm -hmm. boo. Or why watch that? So I'm the stat geeks. I'm not saying that they don't know what they're talking about. They're smart. But aesthetically, they like, Dungeons and Dragons as kids <laughs> and the rest of the boys wanted to talk to girls, right? Like it's right. not because you're smart. Cause I know some of the smartest guys I knew in high school were cool guys, but they liked the stuff the rest of us liked too. Yeah. They liked football and right. bad, they played sports. Like I remember people used to say, Oh, you're an undercover nerd. <clears throat> right, right, right. You know, right, that's right, what right. they would say to me because I, I liked all the, I did all the regular stuff everybody else did. I was a jock. I, you know, yeah. I liked to dress, but I would read. Th- so, so you're an undercover nerd. No, the yeah. nerds, you guys, like the stereotypical nerd, it's yeah. not because they're smart. It's because you don't like the things the rest of us like. Right. And I'm afraid that the stat guys that like bunts and walks. Yes. That's not what we turn. That is not. And tune in for. So I think eventually it's going to impact viewership because I didn't watch a minute of that World Series. Okay. <sighs> I won't talk about how I felt about that World Series. Watched a lot of my Tigers out there that don't play for it. Uh, that's true. That was another reason I didn't want to watch. I didn't want to watch Justin Verlander throwing against Max, Max Scherzer. Scherzer. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and Anibal Sanchez coming into the game. Like, nobody wants. I don't need to kill myself with that. Please. That was torture. Uh, but I got a young baseball player in the house. I got to introduce the game to. So, and no offense to anybody that was a Dungeons and Dragons player or was the nerd in high school or elementary school that liked the things nobody liked. 
but I'm just I'm just saying. No animals were harmed in the filming of this. I podcast. just apologize. I probably if if we had talked about this ahead of time, I probably would have not said that because I nah, would have thought. I feel you. I was gonna say that. That's non PC, but I think it's about being able to understand what Distinct people like. Difference of yes. I think that's like that's a critical skill mm-hmm. to understand what attracts people, what people like, and like that's yeah. I think what I might be missing. So you didn't go see the Dungeons and Dragons movie, I assume that. No, man, listen, I grew up in a Pentecostal apostolic house. If you think for one <laughs> second, my parents was letting us play some Dungeons and Dragons, because that was the thing. I had nerds for friends when yeah. growing up. I always had all kind of friends, and a couple of my friends were extreme nerds. One in particular, I'm not going to call his name. Oh. He lived around the corner, and I was his one cool friend. He was like nerdy of nerd of the nerds. Like okay. he would get on the bus and talk about words he read in the encyclopedia. Brilliant, brilliant dude. And he's gone on to do amazing things. But in elementary okay. school, I was his friend. Okay. And um, he used to play Dungeons and Dragons. They love it. My parents wasn't for a second getting ready to let me come home with magic cards magic and all that kind of stuff. No. So I did not go see the movie either. Okay. Gotcha. That's ingrained in my brain as the devil's playground. <laughs> Satan yes. incarnate Dungeons and Dragons. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. NCAA now allowing players to be paid for their likeness and images. Um, that being said, Dorian, why do you think that had to roll out now? Why do you think they finally went ahead and did it? How do you feel? Um, I think they had to, and I think they sensed the momentum shifting against them. And I've said it before on this podcast. I think that is a legitimately evil organization, the NCAA. So I think mm-hmm. they, they're going to try to, instead of, being behind the ball and trying to catch up with yeah. it, they're going to say, okay, we're going to run out in front of it and try to control it mm-hmm. as much as we can. If the tide is changing, maybe we can direct it. And I think um, them being so quick to jump out there and take that vote is to say, yeah. okay, we got to run out here and position ourselves and see if we can try to shift this in our favor because nobody's giving up that kind of money easily. Right. So do you think it's because I, I read where there's a caveat in there that it has to fall within their rules still? Of course. So that being said, do you really think in two years these players will be getting paid? Something, legally? but the, the NCAA will be able to control it. Like they had to take it out of the state's hand mm-hmm. and say, okay, 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 okay. We're going to sanction it so we can say what's what. Okay. We can say who gets what, how much they get, what it's allowed to be. So again, it's just controlling it. Do you think that that will eventually lead to players legitimately just being paid to be a college athlete? Um, I don't think this is the domino in that. Okay. I think what they're hoping, and this is what I think is a possibility, is that this quiets the noise so they never have to go and actually do that. Okay. Because it's like you got something. But you know what's interesting about this mm. is what they got is money that ain't the NCAAs. Exactly. They letting somebody else pay. That's why and I, they I don't have that. to pay. And and I think they're hoping that okay, before this gets completely out of hand, mm-hmm. maybe we throw them this bone and this quiets this down because technically they can get paid. Right. Like, and I know that they have an argument that your marketability is partially just because you go to our university. So you, nobody would buy your 
right. sneaker or your autograph if you were not a quarterback at the University of Michigan. Like if you were playing at Ferris State, you couldn't make no money. So technically we are contributing. You are paid. Hey, we'll approve, mm-hmm. you know, what yeah. kind of organizations and entities on in that are in agreement with the NCAA, but I think they're probably hoping that this will be a pacifier enough mm-hmm. that the noise won't be so loud that they'll actually have to do pay them. So I don't think this is automatically a domino in saying that the guys are going to eventually get paid. I'm hope I think they might, and it's possible this turns into a pacifier. Yeah. So let me ask you this then, as a sports guy, do you feel like this might open a window for certain? Uh, universities to take advantage of and find a way to really pay their players and like shift some money around and you see a new powerhouse or or something shift it's still happening in two ways guys do still get the bag you know it it's under the table so universities that's been giving out the bag Mm -hmm. are gonna keep giving out the bag okay and then secondly people act like oh this is gonna create unfair competition have you seen (laughs) the university of alabama's facilities have you seen U.S. Have you seen, you know, Clemson's facilities? You, you act like the money disparity isn't already. Have you seen what LSU is able to pay their coach versus right. what Central Michigan is able to pay theirs? They act like the. Yeah. It's just who gets to get the money and the disparity. Okay. So I, it's like the disparity between big universities and universities flush with cash already exists. Mm-hmm. It's that the white coach, white administrators are the ones that get to take advantage of the disparity in the finances. Yeah. And they're like, okay, USC might be able to give the players more money than right, Central right. was able to give them. No way we can let the players go. It's just, it's so, there is no argument, but you know, so <laughs> I, it's I, already been taken advantage of. And this would yes. just be another way for the people with money to take advantage of that. Okay. Okay. I was just, I was curious cause I got some hope, I guess, as a Michigan fan that maybe now that we can get our boosters and really get them out there. Yeah. They'd be willing to pay. That's for we, certain. We got boosters. We, Oh, please. With plenty of cheese. Harbaugh right, might be the problem though, but that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. All right. So you mentioned, um, a Kanye West song here. Uh, where he talked about the Chick-fil-A song, we'll call oh, it. <laughs> Speaking of Chick-fil-A, it's new favorite competition is back. Yeah. Popeye's Chicken Sandwich. Did you get it yet? <sighs> you said last time it was a waste of our time, though, are you? But I'm going to waste some more of your time It's here. a waste of my time today. I have not eaten sandwich. You haven't? I haven't okay. gone stand in line to okay. get a chicken sandwich. I mm-hmm. Now, once the hype dies down, like I said, I'm going to try it. But when I hype dies down, I'm in line, and we got a podcast lined up that day. You going to have one with me? If you bring one, I mean, I'm not going to turn it down. We're going to have a Popeye's chicken sandwich on there, folks. You just heard it. <laughs> <laughs> but a serious question attached to this Popeye's chicken sandwich, honestly. What is it that you think allows people to feel that way about a sandwich that both we know as same people isn't that good? That you would wait 45 minutes to an hour to fight and die over. What has created that? How? Um, I mean, the power of marketing is so important. It's you market. It's it's crazy that a fast food sandwich can be. It can be less about the sandwich and more about the experience. So you can tell people I had one. Like I had the experience. I 
sat in line and you could post it on Facebook or IG. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the experience of being able to say I mm-hmm. had this experience more than this sandwich tastes so good and good marketing, especially these days, sells experience and you want to be a part of the experience. So uh, I think they've managed to create that force of social movement that you just want the experience to be able to say I did it. Yeah, I mean, because like I've never even seen a commercial in a dumb sandwich. It's been all the internet. Mm-hmm. That means you guys got to start sharing us more. If they can do that over a chicken yeah. sandwich, the way Pastor Dorian feeding y'all. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. Uh, no, but I appreciate you dealing with that subject one last time, though. Uh, like I say, we'll bring it back when it comes back around. Well, I will say, if you ever ask me about that again, I will expect you to have a chicken sandwich to, in here to yes. at least make it worth my while to talk about. That that I can promise you. <laughs> but yeah, folks, uh, we knocked out a lot today, talked about a lot. And just like when a preacher says, I won't be here for you long. We were here for you long. So thanks for staying with us. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Again, keep sharing, keep liking, episode suggestions. See you next week. Dope. Justin, thanks for making me upset today, man. <laughs> <laughs>